the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise, designed to explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within our communities and beyond. Don't just listen to it. Be a part of it. Now, here is your host, Bible teacher, writer, broadcaster, and lover of God, Kaz Taylor. Yes, indeed, my friends, another broadcast of Come Together San Diego right here between your ears. <laughs> We've got a great show for you today. You know, uh, Come Together San Diego, our whole heart cry is to bring unity in the body of Christ in San Diego and beyond. And the unity of the body of Christ requires people involved in the body, and the body members could be from all over the place. So what I try to do on Come Together San Diego is I try to bring people uh, of different uh, points of view in the body of Christ and bring them on the air to have them share some insights that perhaps you have not heard before with the intent of bringing the body of Christ together. And the purpose of this particular broadcast is exactly that. With my special co-host for the entire two hours, I want you to meet Dr. Glenn Damon. He's a, a man that has had uh, 35 years of experience actually in the pulpit, but it's not the big megachurch pulpit. Oh, no. It's in a rural environment. And sometimes, you know, we get all caught up by the guys who have the big uh, the big stages and the uh, multiple special effects and things like that. And you go, oh, this person must really know what they're talking about. But the truth of the matter is the person who is a rural pastor, a person who is lives on ground level, has some insights that we need to hear about. So it was really a great honor for me to come across uh, Dr. Glenn Damon, the author of a, a, a brand new book from the Jones Literary Publishing called The Lighthouse, subtitled Discovering Security in the Radiance of God's Character. So I'm tired of introducing him. It's time to have you meet him. Dr. Glenn Damon. Hi, Dr. Glenn. Well, good afternoon or good evening. It's good to be a part of your show. Well, I've been looking forward to this. And as I told you when we were talking about the show, I said, you're not a guest. You said, what? I said, no, you're a co-host. <laughs> so as as a result of that, what I'm, I want to make sure that you know is you have the opportunity and latitude to change the theme at a moment's notice if Holy Spirit nudges you and goes, Dr. Glenn, let's talk about this instead. And I'm I'm totally game for that. Well, we'll talk about farming then, and that's... <laughs> <laughs> you know, of all the topics that Jesus talked about, agriculture would really be, you know, that and fishing were the primary topics. So, I, once again, rural wisdom, thank you very much. <laughs> so spend a moment to tell us just a little bit about the who, why, what, where, when, and how of Dr. Glenn Damon, and then we'll jump on in, shall we, Dr. Glenn? Okay, well, I just, uh, I grew up on a farm. Uh, that's what gave me uh, the love for... Christ and the love for rural communities. I've spent my life uh, ministering in small churches, uh, ministering to small church pastors. Uh, so that's kind of been my my world, but my love. And uh, it's just uh, great to be able to, to share what God has done, I think, in rural America. 
not only have I seen what he's done in our church, and, and uh, but also what we see going on in rural America with the the love that people have for Christ. Absolutely. And that's exciting. And wouldn't you wouldn't you say if you looked at the United States and many other countries as well, you know, you you people focus on maybe an area that that has a manufacturing or an area that is a seaport area where there's the biggest traffic and so forth and like that, but the truth of the matter the multitudes are in the rural areas and a man or a woman that can give that rural uh perspective uh, carries a lot of weight as Jesus dealt with those who were fishermen and he dealt which, with those which were agriculture and, and far, farmers and so forth. So y- you were inspired. You've written a handful of books, five or six or so, but uh, this particular one is what I'm interested in primarily here. It's called The Lighthouse, Discovering Security and the Radiance of God's Character. What was stirring you to put pen to paper or keyboard yeah. <laughs> to well, paper? It originated uh, when when COVID first hit, and uh, you know we went through that. Literally from one week, it was no big deal. It's just a, a flu bug. To the next week, you know, what are we doing? How are we responding as a church? Uh, and I remember that week we we went from you know having no thought of ever doing anything online. That's completely outside of our circle to having to be online and having a church online and doing church virtual. Um, That Sunday, I was supposed to preach on the importance of tithing and giving, and I thought, boy, this does not fit. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, folks, we're closing down the church, but be sure and give your tithe. (laughs) And uh, and I thought, you know, what do we need? Because people are very, uh, their lives are being thrown into really turmoil and so I thought, you know, what we really need is to focus upon the nature of God and who God is during this time. And so uh, that's what kind of gave rise to it, uh, as I saw all the anxiety and the fear and, and with COVID. You know, not only did you have COVID creating its own anxiety, but people were not even sure how to respond to it. Right. You know, the, there was a lot of even conflicts within the church sure. um, about what was the appropriate response as not only as citizens, but as Christians. And I thought, you know, what we need through this is uh, just a refocus on who God is, because that's our security. Oh, boy. And so that's kind of where it started uh, in, in this whole process. Well, you know, and, th- and this really is a broader lesson than one that's just simply tied to a disease and a specific time frame. The Lord's message is always, fear not, for I am with you. And a lot of times we go, oh, that's a nice verse. But when we're in an environment where fear is pressing against us on either side with uh, very definitely unknown uh, consequences like the COVID virus or people telling you to wear this or inject that and all these different things coming from many different sources. Some of these sources uh, you would say are credible because they've been credible in the past, but then all of a sudden you, you have reason to doubt that. All of a sudden you go, what do I do? Where do I go? And we forget about the whole premise of Christ's heart cry for us. Fear not. Uh, don't be afraid. I have overcome the world, and you're mine. And so we need to get back to basics, and having you on as a pastor, teacher that's doing rural insights, I think this is a rural message 
even more than just a rural message, just the main basic message of the gospel. Fear not, for I am with you. You want to talk about oh. that? We've got about two or three minutes left in this segment. Yeah, well, segment, I think we certainly live in a, in a culture today of fear. Oh, yes. Uh, I mean, you know, that's how you want to get somebody elected, you create fear. Uh, and <laughs> and we've, we sense that in our lives. There's this fear of anxiety, both on a national level, um, but also on a very personal level. Yes. Would you say, that, would you say also, uh, Dr. Uh, Glenn, that when you want to get elected, you create fear, but also when you want to get somebody else diselected, <laughs> you yeah. create fear as well. And the enemy loves that because his major tool is making us fearful when God's major tool is making us have only the fear of the Lord, which is the beginning of wisdom. We've got about uh, two or three minutes. So lay it on us. Dr. Yeah. Glenn Damon. Well, and that's the thing. We look at today's world as a political problem. We look at it as um, a social problem. But I believe that really what we have is a theological problem. Is, is this culture of fear comes when we lose sight of who God is. When we lose sight of God's in control, His redemptive plan is being accomplished, and we start looking at our world, boy, there's reason to be fearful uh-huh. about what we see going on in our society today. I mean, it's easy for us to all get fearful. Uh, and that's where we need to go back and say, okay, let's go back and we focus upon who God is and what he has said in his word, because that's the basis of our security. Not our culture, not our politicians, not our society. Uh, and so that's kind of... <clears throat> was the the emphasis for the book um, was really to say how do we get back to a, just living in light of God's character? Yes, and His promises throughout Scripture. A lot of times, you know, especially in the United States and probably other nations as well that uh, espouse Judeo-Christian values. You know, a lot of us have a, a decent grounding in Scripture. But do we call on it every day or we just say, okay, I got that and I know that. And so then you go, okay, now go about life and live my life. Oh, and I need to recall this or need to recall that instead of living it day by day, every day. And when we do that, then we have what we call a personal relationship with our Lord and Savior. And with that personal relationship uh, comes a rural focus, a, a true focus from the heart instead of the head. Uh, right. We've got about a minute, a minute and a half left in this segment. I'm, I'm excited to bring you on throughout the entire two-hour broadcast. In the next segment, we want to talk a little bit more about having a rural point of view. But as I was praying and meditating on this, even just recently, God gave me an insight about a rural point of view that my listening friend, you'll appreciate too. And we have uh, Dr. Glenn Damon. He's the pastor's actually, actually, you're out of Stevenson, Washington. It's the southern portion of Washington, not the Seattle-Tacoma area, but south of there. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. But we're going to talk a little bit more about the rural point of view and how you define that. And I will share with my our listening audience, Dr. Glenn, uh, what a revelation God gave me about what a rural audience really means. It goes back to okay. Scripture. So my listening friend, Dr. Glenn Damon, and I were geared up and ready to share with you some insights about having a rural, R-U-R-A-L, point of view and how that can impact you and those whom you surround significantly when we come right back. 
This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. Welcome back, my friends, to Come Together San Diego. And we're doing a little different slant on the radio broadcast today. I have a newfound friend from Stevenson, Washington. He's with me. His name is Dr. Glenn Damon. And if you're familiar with that part of Washington, you'll realize much of that is rural, R-U-R-A-L. And uh, Dr. Damon has some insights in his uh, newest book called The Lighthouse, Discovering Security and the Radiance of God's Character, has a rural point of view uh, Dr. Glenn, I thought it would be a good idea for you to help us uh, by defining what that means. But as, as I was praying about this, and particularly the last segment as I was sipping on what we were going to be talking about, uh, God put to mind someone else at the very beginning of Christ's ministry that had a rural point of view. It was a guy named John the Baptist. If anybody was rural, <laughs> it was him. He, he, he steered clear of the big cities and towns, and people came out to the wilderness to see what he had to say, and he was the one who actually set the stage for the depth and uh, heart cry and insights of our Lord Jesus Christ. So I'm just going to ask you this question as a rural pastor. Are you wearing camel hairs these days, and are you uh, eating locusts and wild honey? Just a question. Well, fortunately, the answer is no. Uh, but I'm also not wearing skinny jeans either. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, you, you know, the people hadn't heard anything like this before, so they were gravitating to him. But they had to go into a rural environment to hear it. Um, and so I, I, I kind of drew a parallel there. A lot of people in the world today are used to hearing high-tech insights. You know, this is what I think from my thus and so, thus and so, and uh, you need to believe it. And here's my gigantic church that supports what I'm saying. But the people just really need to hear the pure, simple gospel of Christ. And a man such as you who spends a lot of time in the rural environment, you may have some nuggets that we need to hear about. So I'm going to pass the baton to you as we discuss having a rural point of view, Dr. Glenn. Yeah. Damon. You know, growing up, I grew up in a small, the closest town for, for where I grew up was five miles away and it had 90 people. <laughs> uh, and that was, a, that was a, a metropolis. Yeah. And then uh, to go to high school, to go to school, I had to go 20 miles and our school had a whopping 100 students in it. But, uh, you know, we think of rural people as kind of people that are kind of backwoods, uh, not connected. Uh, like you say, we're kind of used to the glitz and the glamour of the, the urban areas, the large churches. Uh, but really, I believe that if you really understand kind of what I write, and even my heart for the Lord, you got to go back to that little church. Yes. The church I grew up in was, you know, if you had 50 people, we would have thought we would have had a major revival going on. And, uh, but, you know, there were people that had a deep love for the Lord. I think of Marie Barrett. Marie Barrett was someone that her and her husband had a little small little farm. If they had two pennies to rub together, they thought they were rich. Uh, she was not educated. She, uh, never learned to drive. She would have to walk to church. Her husband would, would sometimes drive her, but when he passed, she would just walk. 
But there's probably nobody I've ever met that knew her Bible as well as she did. And it wasn't because she was a great theologian. It's just she loved the Word. Yes. And she loved the Lord. And uh, she taught us in, in children's church and in Sunday school that love and modeled that. And I think that was the value that I had growing up is when I went to church, I didn't go and get divided up into a you know, a youth building over there and separate from the adults. We rubbed shoulders with these these saints that just had a deep love for the Lord. Uh, their faith was uh, simple. It wasn't simplistic, <clears throat> but it was a simple faith that just says, you know, let's just love the Lord here. Um, my mother, she was a, had come and met my dad. She was a missionary, uh, came to start the Sunday school there, but she was actually on staff at A.W. Tozer's church for a couple years. My. And, you know, so those kind of background, even though it's out there in the middle of Idaho, in the middle of nowhere, um, really uh, is where I learned and still learn today from them about what it means to really love the Lord. Uh, it's not how many degrees you have. It's not how fancy your church or what your accomplishments are. It's all about that simple living by faith with the awareness of God's presence in your life. And, uh, you know, that's deep theology. Yes. <laughs> you know, and, and that's the kind of theology I think that we're missing today uh, sometimes in in our churches in both rural and urban. Sure. It's, it seems to me, you know, you talk about living by faith, and there's a purity in that. In today's society, let's say if you're... You know, you you are into computers, or you're into uh, any high-profile thing. You you know, you can watch TV and order something uh, by just a few clicks of the button. the The urgency of living a day-to-day life is minimized because you know you can solve the problem yourself by ordering it, or investing in it, or you know, buying buying this or that, um, and and that kind of circumvents the need. For the Lord in your life, you go, okay, well, my order for this item or my point of view with this uh, computer software or whatever uh, will reconcile my need, and I don't need Jesus that much until it gets to be really tough. But in a rural envi- environment, your your need uh, can be, you know, very grassroots. And so he's he's the Lord has pulled you out of a challenge before. He'll pull you out again. Right now, in today's society and what with all, all the media and things like that going on in electronics, we don't need God. God has been replaced by an app. <laughs> yeah. So, so, but having a rural point of view, God's been faithful then. He'll be faithful now. Any thoughts on that? We've got about three or four minutes left in this segment, Doctor. Well, David. I do think that, that in our modern world, we want the, the complex and um, one time I wrote an article, and I, the title of the article was How to Worship with a Two-Fingered Piano Player. <laughs> <laughs> Say that one yeah. again. That is so good. Yeah. Yeah. How to Worship with a Two-Fingered Piano Player. Um, my mom was the, the musician, and when she wasn't there, the next person to do it was someone that, you know, she could plunk with two fingers and kind of keep this on tune. Yes. And yet, 
we could worship just as much because it wasn't about the quality of the music. It was about the person doing the best that they could be and the best they had to offer and leading us into the focus was upon the Lord and his character and how that relates to us today. And, and so, you know, whenever I start looking at all the glitz and the glamour and, and as a small church, you know, I'm, I look at it and think, man, I wish we had a worship team that, you know, would be amazing. And, you know, we look at what we don't have yes. and we, and we think if I only had that, and then I'm reminded that, you know, all we needed was a two-fingered piano player, and we could worship. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, th- th- this is a, a remarkable lesson if we understand how to apply that in our lives. So I guess we have to ask our listening friends, how much are we codependent on things to solve the problems that Jesus is saying, hey, I got that. Let me show you how to do that. And once you understand how God has it, then you'll understand how he entrusts you to have it as well. But if we depend on other things in our lives, like ordering this or doing that or using this technology or thus and so, then the need for God and Christ himself seems to be minimized. We've got about a minute and a half. How do you want to close this segment, uh, Dr. Damon? Yeah, and I think, you know, there's something we're going to probably get into more. Um, But I think when it comes to, to worship and ministry, it doesn't matter that really... In our Christian life, what we need is what God has already provided us in His Word and His character, and it's that simple recognition of that that it's we have everything that we have we need, but it's found in Him, not in things. It's, it's in understanding God rather than the technologies of the day, right? Oh my, and and just. Recognizing that's the same. It's the same back in Paul's day. It's the same for us today. It'll be the same if the Lord tarries for another thousand years. It'll be the same in a thousand years. My, my, my. Uh, Very good insights. By the way, before we go to the next segment, would you like to give uh, people an opportunity to find out more about your book or books? Maybe give them a website or something like that. And uh, I will do the same for the Come Together San Diego show and then we'll get into the next segment. So would you give us some way that people can find out more about your book, The Lighthouse? Yeah, the the book is available on Amazon. Uh, just go into Amazon, type in The Lighthouse by Glenn Damon. Uh, I also have a website uh, that I do a daily blog on. It's called The Attributes of God, all lowercase, dot net. The Attributes of God, dot net. Net. Very yes. good. And, there you go. So there, there's a daily devotional there that that uh, I put up, and I try to keep it focused upon just the nature of God and how that relates to us on a, on a daily level. Well, thank you, Dr. Damon. My listening friend, let me also give you the Come Together San Diego uh, information that you can you can email me at Come Together San Diego, all squished together as one word, at kprz.com. Come Together San Diego at kprz.com. And once again, your website for your your own page, Dr. Damon? Yeah, yeah it's theattributesofgod.net. Very good, theattributesofgod.net. I have to laugh because we've been talking about 
that how we shouldn't depend on technologies and things like that. And we're closing this segment by sharing some technologies with our listening friends. I know it's a little ironic, but you get where we're coming from on that. And in the next segment, I like what you're talking about, understanding of God uh, and having a unique and uh, ground uh, level or grassroots level understanding of God can really change your perspective on how you deal with the world. We're going to talk about that and so much more when Dr. Glenn Damon and Kaz come right back. More Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor is next on Praise. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. Thank you very much, announcer. Yes, we are live and yes, we are local. But oftentimes we go outside of the market to get some insights from other people. And that's what we've done here. Of course, uh, a lot of the things that you're going to be hearing in this show, my friend here in San Diego County, uh, is applicable to you. And we want to use some of the insights of a man who has devoted much of his life to rural, R-U-R-A-L, ministry and finding some simple truths that sometimes we in our active, busy world forget about the simplicity of the gospel of Christ, and we try to make it complex. So I'm pleased to reintroduce to you, my friends, to Dr. Glenn Damon. And uh, he, he, we're actually focusing a lot on this book called The Lighthouse, Discovering Security in the Radiance of God's Character. And we left with a question on the last segment, and that was, how might our understanding of God change our perspective in the world in which we live? And Dr. Glenn, you know, one of the things as I was pondering that phraseology, and, and you're pulling much of this stuff from your book, first of all, is that correct? Yeah, it's pretty much, the, the book is about, it's a devotional, a 20-week devotional on the attributes of God. Yes. We just go through each attribute and look at them. Uh, and how they relate to us in the world we live in. Yes, yes. And so one of the phrases that I had written down here is uh, in this segment, we're going to talk about how does understanding God change our perspective of the world in which we live. And then I noticed that the phraseology of that, I'm a word man, a doctor, and I so it, it says understanding of God instead of understanding about God. And a lot of times we Christians, we miss. Uh, understand that we need to understand about God instead of understanding God. And that oftentimes is the cause of our downfall or misunderstanding. And we have to go back to the rural, plain, simple point of view. And that is not understanding about God, but understanding God himself. I'm going to hand the baton to you as you talk about this, uh, Dr. Glenn. Well, I think you're right. That's it's kind of like saying, "Well, uh, I understand about my wife, or do I understand my wife?" <laughs> well, yeah. Ask ask her about that, and it's my if you dare, my male friend. Yeah. Ask her about that if you dare. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she'll tell you. She'll give it to you straight because she could be kind, right. kind of rural in between the eyes as well as you, That's my right. male friend, and my female friend. Sometimes there are certain things you don't ask your husband about. Maybe it has to do with a sport. <laughs> well, does this mean this? Uh, you know, uh, we have to be wise in, in our in our presentation. Yeah. But but we if we know what not to ask if we're not interested in understanding about the topic or understanding the topic right. ourselves. And my female friends, if you're interested in finding uh, about uh, God versus uh, understanding God, or if you're interested in finding out about your spouse instead of uh, instead of understanding your spouse, you could be in a bit of trouble. I'm going to yeah. hand the baton to you, Doctor. Yeah. Well, I don't know. After I got myself in trouble on that one, but <laughs> uh, but you know, I, I think another question we could ask 
to kind of put this in a different way would be, how does our failure to understand God distort our Ooh. perception of the world we live in? Yes. And, uh, you know, because without a right theology, uh, we lose that foundation for a right life. Uh, and this, this is what A.W. Tozer, he made this one of this statements in one of his uh, books on the attributes of God. Faith is not a one-done act, but a continuous gaze at the heart of the triune God. Wow. And I think that's the essence of what we need today, uh, that, that to understand him, that will radically shift means that we just have that continual gaze upon him. Uh, another individual, um, well-known classic writer was Charles Spurgeon. Yes. And when he was in his early 20s, this is a statement he made, which is unbelievable. A man that young would make this statement. He says, the highest science, the loftiest speculation, the mightiest philosophy, which can ever engage the attention of a child of God is the name, the nature, the person, the work, the doing, and the existence of the great God whom he calls his father. And, you know, we as human beings we have great thoughts of man, but small thoughts of God. And that's part of our, of our human fallenness. That's, that is a profound statement. Uh, our points of view about God are inaccurate. We think we, we, we're pretty great, but our, our preconceptions about God are really not limited, are not based on knowing him, but would you say knowing about him? And that's where we have our error. Continue. Yeah. Very thought-provoking. Yeah, and that's, you know, I think as a theologian, as someone who went to theology or, you know, went to seminary, is the danger is I can get information about God. And and it, you know, it's it's been 35 years in ministry, and I still feel like I'm trying to learn how to move from getting information about God to really knowing God and allowing that affect how I live on a daily level. Yes. Uh, because really, the the story of we put the story of of the Bible as the story of redemption, uh, and it is. But really, when you look at it, it starts, and it's not a story just about redemption. It's God's autobiography. It begins, you know, the first verse in the beginning, God. It ends with, you know, come, Lord Jesus. You know, come quickly. So the story is from start to end about him. And it's about our relationship with him and how to get to know him. And so uh, that's the that's the basis by which we we view our world. Yes, it should be the basis by which we view our world. And the danger is to be um, an analogy, maybe that would be accurate. You can straighten me out if you'd like but let me it's kind of like we are christians and we know about god which but means let's let's say uh, knowing about god is riding a 10 speed or a 12 speed bike you know it's got the 12 different speeds and we can adjust those as we're riding uphill downhill and it has a brake system and all those kind of things and has a little honking horn little honk horn everything else that we yeah. need to actually uh, understand about god we have we have the scripture we have all these different things we've got all these help help aids uh, of other biblical insights and things like that so we can understand about god but god's saying 
that's okay. But I want you to be able to take your hands off the handlebar and entrust me to get you where you need to go. What? Yes, take your hands off the handlebar. I will direct you. And so, I mean, it's a, a significant difference from knowing about God as we're a 10 or 12-speed bicycle rider to saying, okay, God, you got this. How dare we take our hands off the handlebar? That sounds kind of stupid, doesn't it, Dr. Dan? Yeah, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I mean it, it, the challenge is how does the finite grasp the infinite? Say that again. And wow. How does the finite grasp the infinite? Yes. We do so by making the infinite finite. Oh, my. So we, you know, we bring God down to our level. And we, we make him bigger than us. He, you know, he's, he's like Superman. He's bigger than us, but he's still kind of one of us. And, and we fail to, to just say, okay, we need to go to God and, and recognize this is the God who created the universe. This is the God who yes. is in control of all circumstances, that uh, everything that happens in this world today is controlled by him. And, and that's what I, you know, when I say that that's how it should change our perspective. So when I look at politics today, um, and I see a lot of Christians, we get very, and I'm not saying we shouldn't be involved in politics. Yeah, have a level of awareness, very, sure. Yeah, but we get so uptight about whether our candidate's elected or not, and, you know, what's going to happen if the other person's elected. And I look at Scripture, and it says God appoints the leaders, and he puts them in, and he takes them out. And he's the one who has a purpose, and he is moving and orchestrating the nations, you know, Psalmist yes. says. You know, the, when the heathens rage, God laughs. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and he, you know, the king is like water in his hand. I mean, you know, God is orchestrating all things for his purpose. And so I can sit back and relax. It doesn't mean I don't be aware, I don't vote, but I can just relax saying no matter what the outcome is, God is in control of that. So that's, I think, what we're talking about when we say we move from our understanding to how our, we perceive our world and how we look at a world, and we look at our own lives. Yes, that, yes. You know, this is not just on a global level. This is on a very personal level. A very personal level. So, that, um, excellent point. And I think we've really hit on something we're going to devote some future segments on, but understanding God's attributes provide hope and security for people going through difficult times. If you're, if you're not allowing God to take control after you take your hands off of the handlebars, then how well do you know God and how well are you entrusting Him for your future? If you're entrusting Him for your future— the anxiety that you and I are feeling right now when we may be looking at the news or hearing what some other people have said or what some other people have said about us, having that direct anxiety is kind of violating the character of God. We're going to talk more about that in future segments as well. And I think uh, Dr. Glenn Damon has stricken a point that all of us can uh, delve into more importantly, and that is really how does understanding God's attributes the real character of God provide hope and security in a challenging time because sometimes we take we say God uh, we we can handle this part we'll get to you when we really need you oh no there's a solution that's bigger than that and better than that is have intimacy with God from the very beginning of all things so Doctor uh, Glenn Damon and Kaz are going to talk more about that and so many more things when we come right back. 
This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the new live local show on K-Praise. Here's Cass Taylor. Welcome back, my friends. I think we have uh, turned a corner in our conversation here with Dr. Damon Dr. Glenn Damon, he's the author of a book called The Lighthouse, Discovering Security in the Radiance of God's Character. And, you know, we've been talking a lot about do you understand God or do you understand about God? And many times because of today's uh, inventions and, you know, the, the, the ease of accessing media and things like that, we go, I don't really need, need to know God. I can just know about him, and that should sustain me. And when it gets to be really tough— <laughs> then I will depend. I, then I'll find out about. I'll, I'll you know find out about God. But uh, Doctor uh, Glenn Damon, let me give you a point of view here because I know you want to talk about understanding God's attributes, which will provide hope and security for people going through difficult times. But if if they haven't learned to depend on Him for the little stuff, they don't. They haven't learned to depend on Him for the big stuff. It's like. Hebrews, I think it says, I will never leave you or forsake you. But the point of the matter is it, you you need to entrust him with the small stuff on day to day. And you go, he's got that. Well, he and, and so your you know, your growing faith will go. He got that. And the next little bigger thing, he's got that. And all of a sudden you go, he's proven himself. And all of a sudden a big thing occurs. And you go, I know the character of God. And therefore, um, I can entrust him with this. So that's going to set the stage for you talking about understanding God's attributes giving hope and security, isn't it? Yeah, you know, the uh, it's easy I think it's easier sometimes to trust God in big things than it is little things. <laughs> you know. Where are my yeah, keys? Okay. You ever hear that? Yeah. <laughs> or, well, just, you know, well, if it's within my control, I can take care of it. Uh-huh. Yes. And uh but you know, I think in terms of where the rubber re- meets the road though is in this whole area of what happens when adversity hits? Yes, it's you know it's one thing to affirm the love of God when everything's going well uh, in His perfect plan when everything is is going according to our plan, but when all of a sudden life turns upside down and everything is not going according to plan, that's you know that's when we wrestle with it. And that's what Job wrestled with. Yes, you know in the book of Job, why do we suffer? And how do we find security in the midst of this? And, you know, that that was the, the question that Job wrestled with and his his three friends. Oh, yes. Uh, as they dialogued, you know, they were all three, all four of them were trying to wrestle with that. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of like Paul. You know, I, I look at what Paul says in Second in Corinthians where he says, I am filled with with comfort, I am overjoyed or overflowing with joy in my affliction. Ooh, it's kind yeah, of a contrary say, statement, I, isn't it? Yeah, it, and it's like, what's the difference between Paul's perspective there and Job's perspective? Well, I think the difference is, is what we find at the end of the book of Job. Uh, you know, because... Job, as he's wrestling with this whole question of why, and his friends are all saying, well, it's because of sin, and, and you got to deal with that. You know, it's the fourth friend that kind of shows up, Elihu, that nobody kind of 
remembers. But he confronts him and he says, you guys are asking the wrong question. <laughs> you know, because the bottom line is you've been asking why. And the right question you should be asking is who? Mm. And he sets the stage then because he says, you guys are more, con- Job, you're more concerned about vindicating yourself rather than vindicating God. And so then God shows on the, up on the scene and you know, I love what God does with Job. He doesn't answer his question. He just says, okay, let me tell you about who I am. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and, and he just says, you need to understand how, how much greater I am than you think. And so he goes through that whole litany of things that he's d- done and says, you know, where were you when I did this? Where were you? And he confronts Job with the, his immensity to where Job finally comes to the point realizing, you know, it's not a matter of getting the answer. It's a matter of finding out who has the answer and mm-hmm. resting in him. And that's, I think, what what Paul was saying. You know, here is Paul that <clears throat> in, he faced all kinds of suffering, far more than none of us ever did. Yes. But the difference between him and us is uh, was his understanding of God. Yes. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, I, I think a, a good example of this, I like to do, one of the things I enjoy doing is going out at night and taking Milky Way pictures, oh. uh, which is it's helpful <laughs> when you're in rural areas because you can actually see it out oh, there. Oh, my, yes. <laughs> and um, the, the James Webb Telescope, which is that new one that they sent out into space here uh, to replace the, the Hubble Telescope, has identified, now I don't know who got the measuring tape out to measure this, but uh, they've identified the furthest star out there, and that star is 28 billion light years away. Now, I don't can't get my mind around that, so I looked it up a little bit. So a light year will give you around the Earth seven times in a second. Oh, my. So now we multiply that that journey of seven times around the the Earth in a second, and multiply that by twenty eight billion light years. <laughs> and, and and that's how far that that star is out there. And yet, the Scripture says that God measures the universe with the span of His hand. Oh my! Yes. Now, if if God is that big and immense. Uh, why am I worried about my petty little problem? Oh, that exactly. I have? And and why do I think that somehow he's not going to be able to fix it? Yes, uh, yes. And one of the things would you say also, uh, Doctor Damon? Would you say also we we think you know I don't want to trouble God with this challenge. You know I'll take care of this one myself. Uh, and that is really the furthest thing from what God wants. He wants to have that intimate relationship. And, you know, my wife and I, we're starting to realize, you know, a lot of times we go, I got this, I got that. But why don't we include Holy Spirit's intervention even in the thick of these things? Mm-hmm. And, then, and then we realize how God will never leave us or forsake us, but he'll never leave us or forsake us in the small stuff and the large stuff. And he continually proves himself to us in the small stuff when we ask him, Holy Spirit, help me remember where I left this 
uh, document or this this X Y Z fill in the blank, and all of a sudden, you know, my wife or I will say, you know, Holy Spirit made me recall I was standing over here, right next to. Oh, there it is. You know, I mean, I mean it, it it could be very very simple, and you go, oh, don't belabor God with those things. But the truth of the matter is, God is so big and so loving. Nothing is too small or too big for him. And once we're confident in his consistency in answering our challenges, then we can depend on him for not only the small stuff, but the big stuff. We've got about, uh, uh, let's say, about a, a minute left, and then we're going to set the stage for the next segment, Dr. Well, I, yeah, I think as growing up in the rural area, one of the biggest challenges I face in my own personal life is that in rural, part of our rural culture is self-sufficiency. Oh, yes, exactly. You know, that's, that, you know, you take care of yourself and you, you do it. And, and I think that is the one area where I'd say that creates a struggle because it's learning to say, okay, God, you're in control and I can rest in you and everything rather than just say, okay, I'll handle it. And then if I can, I'll talk to you. But God wants to be involved in all aspects. And, and that's, you know, that's the journey that, uh, I'm still trying to, to learn. Oh, me too, Doctor. I, I'd love, we're out of time on this segment, but I want to talk a little bit more about that in the next segment and maybe even talk a little bit about the value of worship and things like that. But there's a scripture that I've used that I've had to rethink, and that is after having done all to stand. And so I, I, what I oftentimes do, I say, God, I'm not going to trouble you with this. After I do everything, uh, then I'll stand and trust you. But I think maybe I have a misnomer about that. It's me excluding God to say, I got this, and I don't need you right now. And that's really the wrong point of view. We're going to talk some more about that, but also the value of that intimacy of worship, which can help unlock the keys and open the eyes when Dr. Glenn, Damon, and Kaz come right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. I'll tell the world. Come Together San Diego with Kaz Taylor on K-Praise. Well, hello, my friends. I am so thrilled to have for the entire two hours my co-host for this broadcast. His name is Dr. Damon, and he is a very, very insightful guy. He's an author of a number of books, but the ones we're talking about right now is entitled The Lighthouse, Discovering Security in the Radiance of God's Character. It is a Jones Literary Publishing book. And Dr. Glenn, once again, how do people find out more about this book? Uh, yeah, you can go on Amazon, just type in The Lighthouse by Glenn Damon, and uh, that's where you can purchase it or go to one of your bookstores and uh, just request it as well. There you go. So my listening friend, we have a compelling topic here, and it's one that you and I as believers, or if you're listening and you don't know the Lord, uh, this is supposed to entice you to come to know him more clearly than ever before now. But one of the challenges I face, Dr. Glenn, and that is I've been a a believer for a long time, and I'm trying to find God's balance between handing the baton to him from the very instant that I have a need— and trusting Holy Spirit to help quicken that understanding or solution. And then scriptures that I have used in my past um, uh, that, that talk about after having done all to stand. So in, in much of my Christian life, I go, you don't need to be involved in this, Lord. I need to do everything that I can, and then I'll stand and entrust you. But I have a suspicion that I've kind of misapplied that verse um, 
And so I'd love to have your rural point of view on that because, you know, we believers, we we know God, you know, we're his body and we need to do things uh, collectively as he did singularly. So there's a lot of responsibility on our shoulders. But sometimes we go, I can do this even without the the involvement of Holy Spirit. And I think that's the, the tactical error. Any thoughts, uh, Dr. Well, Glenn? I, yeah, I mean, I think that, first of all, if if you get the answer to all that question, write a book. It'll be a bestseller. <laughs> we all struggle with that one. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think the, the, the challenge for us, and myself included, is recognizing that God wants to be involved. God cares that much about us. Um, you know, the, the the scriptures talk about the fatherhood of God. Yes. And, you know, I, I didn't really grasp that until I became a father. And then you, then I begin to get a glimpse of it because the most important thing is my kids. And now that my kids are adults and moved out on their own, uh, they have left me, but somehow the scripture never told me about me leaving them, <laughs> you know, in other <laughs> words, uh, you know, they leave and cleave, but in my book, they're still here yes. you know, because, because I still love them and I still want to be a part of their life. And, uh, you know, when we say we don't need God, in essence, what we're saying is we're, we can handle life. Yeah, ourselves. We're self-sufficient. We we yes. Yeah. And that's so, so wrong. And, and, and I think that's why when we face struggles, it confronts us with that. But the problem is we always look at life through the lens of the present. Ooh. And God looks at life from the lens of the eternal. Ooh, well said. And so what we don't know is what we're doing, even small insignificant acts. And I would, I would venture to say that the vast majority of the life-changing decisions we make are made at the time with little thought because they we thought they were insignificant decisions. Ooh. Uh, I, I, I just let me give you an illustration of that. Uh, my plan was to go into teaching in a Bible college, uh, a rural, probably a rural Bible college, but teaching biblical languages. My uncle, who taught uh, at Multnomah School of the Bible, who taught Greek for a number of years there, he said, in just a passing comment, well, you ought to just go get some pastoral experience before you go into teaching. Okay. That sounds like a good idea. Didn't give it a lot of thought. Didn't spend a lot of time praying about it. Just thought, well, that sounds like a good idea. I'll go pastor a church for a little while. Well, I'm still working on that. <laughs> so so here I am, you know, 35 years later, and my insignificant decision that I made affected my life for eternity. Uh, choosing to go on a blind date with my roommate and his girlfriend, just for fun, yes, changed my life by bringing me a wife, or <laughs> that I've been married to now for, for all these years. So... Uh, you know, what we, at times, our insignificant decisions have long-lasting implications and even eternal implications, which we don't envision. Yes. And that's why I think we need to recognize that God, we need to, to rest in Him and seek Him in every decision because we don't see the eternal consequence of that decision. That is so, so remarkable and such an insight. I can just you know, I can look back at my own personal life, as many of you, my listening friends, can, and go, you know, I made just a little decision on this, but that 
little decision had ramifications, ramifications, ramifications. In some instances, mm-hmm. it uh, maybe uh, led to the introduction of my wife or a good friend or a revelation that I didn't know about or a business opportunity. And God says, yeah, but if you let me in at the very beginning, I can steer you clear of some things that sound very uh, wise uh, on the surface. But down the road, I know I know the down the road because I'm living in the down the road and the present as well. And so entrusting yeah. uh, Holy Spirit. And, and, you know, oftentimes my wife will say, you know, that makes sense, but I have a little check in my spirit about that. And I'll go, okay, well, let's talk to the Lord about that. And I, I got to admit, oh, Kaz, who th- thinks sometimes that he knows everything, I really don't. And, so, and sometimes my wife will say, you know, let's pray this through a little bit. And sometimes Holy Spirit will just say, you know, I'm not gonna, if I were to tell you the exact reason why, you wouldn't comprehend because I'm God and you're not. But I'm giving you a little check of the Holy Spirit in that. So step back and let's see how it all pans out. And all of a sudden you realize you've made a wise decision by simply listening and obeying. Um, we've, we've got a, a couple minutes left in this segment. Anything you want to add here? Because I know we want to talk a little bit about the remarkable value in worship today, and some of our perspective on what we think worship is may not really be the fullness of what worship is. I know we want to talk about that. But how do you want to close down this segment, my co-host, Dr. Glenn Damon? <laughs> Notice well, I tossed yeah, it back at you there. That's right. Well, you know, I think we're all in process on this. And and I appreciate Paul because Paul says, you know, not that I've already attained all these things, but I press on. He talks about, you know, now we see through a, this glass dimly. And, you know, the thing I appreciate about that is that's where we're all at. Yes. Um, you know, we're trying to, to grow in this relationship with the Lord and, you know, we know academically these things. You know, everything I've said, nothing's new. We all say, yeah, I, I know that. But how to, to implement that? I mean, we that's a daily life struggle that I don't care where we're at in our spiritual life and maturity. It's still the struggle yes. of daily saying, God, I want you to be in control and you orchestrate the day, and when things don't go according to plan, I can rest in that. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a journey, and I just look forward to when I get into heaven, my first thought's going to be, you know, the song I can only imagine. Yes. My first thought will be, there is Christ. My second thought will be, ah, now I get uh-huh, Yes, <laughs> absolutely. My, my. That's remarkable. And so, you know, I, I really appreciate uh, talking with you because you're helping me open my eyes. And um, Dr. Glenn Damon, you, you've got a rural point of view, which is, you know, you, it's just here's my thoughts on this. And you're giving it straight from the heart. And you're giving me some major insights on the who, why, what, where, when and how of the intimacy of the relationship with our Lord and Savior through Holy Spirit uh, directed under the tutelage of Holy Spirit directing us back to God the Father. So it's a remarkable challenge, but it's a a journey that we all have the privilege and joy of investing ourselves in. And uh, while it's time for us to take a break, I know we're going to talk a little bit more about this topic, but we're also going to crescendo into or transition into the value of worship. When you start to understand what worship really is, it's going to make you rethink about worship and how we need to do it all the time in every situation. So uh, Dr. Glenn Damon, uh, author, uh, rural pastor, man of great insights, whom I've 
uh, grown to know greatly and love even more. <laughs> You're going to join us for this uh, remainder of this show. I trust, and my listening friend, I trust that you will as well. So we'll be right back. More Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor is next on K Praise. Come Together San Diego with Cass Taylor on K Praise. Welcome back, my friends. You know, I've been looking forward to this broadcast because sometimes we go for the great, you know, the great theological uh, insights and, and digging some deeply into Hebrew things or Greek things and things like that. But sometimes it's really important to take a step back and learn from the simplicity of truth that God is offering to us. And I, I'm so thrilled to have Dr. Glenn Damon with me for this entire two hours, a man from Stevenson, Washington, and an author of a book, one of his numerous books. This one is called uh, The Lighthouse, Discovering Security and the Radiance of God's Character. And my listening friend, I'm so thrilled that he is with us for the entire show. We uh, ended the last segment talking about uh, understanding God's attributes, which would provide, in turn, hope and security for people going through difficult times. And we, the analogy that we used when we looked at that and some other references is there's a difference between understanding God's attributes and understanding about God's attributes. Take out the understanding about them and understanding the God himself and his attributes that will carry much more weight in the challenging and troubled times. I'm going to hand the baton back to you, uh, Dr. Uh, uh, Glenn Damon and... Uh, Let's let's close on this theme, and then I want to spend some time talking about, you have some great insights about the value of worship, but worship may be defined differently than we think. So let's close this topic uh, uh, and uh, launch into the worship aspect. But understanding God's attributes versus understanding about God's attributes, I'm handing the baton to you, Dr. Glenn. Well, I think that gets us to the heart of worship. Um, you know, how do we worship of God who is who is infinite. Yes. Um, I use a story of the analogy. Uh, There's a guy who's having a bad day. He gets up on church on Sunday. He's grumpy, yells at his wife, yells at his kids, kicks the dog as they're walking out to church, gripes and complains all the way to the church parking lot, opens the door of the, the, the car, steps out, and then puts on a big smile and walks into the church and says, you know, <laughs> love Jesus. Everything is great. Love, I just love Jesus. We're loving to be here. <laughs> so, so true. And then there's another guy who having a bad day. He's grumpy, yells at his wife, yells at his kids. He kicks the dog, uh, gets in the car, walks into church, gives everybody a frown. You know, one of those that I'm having a bad day. Just leave me alone. And he sits down in his pew and he says, you know, Lord, I am mad. I'm mad at the world. I'm mad at you. I'm mad at my circumstances. But I just want you to know that you are God. And I want to thank you for that. My. Now, who is truly worshipped? Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah, and, and that's the essence of worship. Worship is is not, you know... There is our, there's times when it arouses us emotionally in our worship. I mean, I've been in a stadium with, you know, 30,000 men singing, holy, holy, holy. I tell you, that moves you emotionally. Yes. And, and that's part of worship. But uh, because that's part of our human nature, 
But there's also that aspect of worship that involves, I surrender to you even when I'm not there emotionally, uh, because that's that at the heart of worship. It's it's surrendering and affirming that he's God uh, and, and giving our life to him. You know, the word worship itself means to bow down, to wow. prostrate oneself as an act of submission before a superior. Wow. And and I think that's what we're missing in our worship today is wow. that we we want the emotional experience, but um, we we don't want the submission. Oh my. And with the submission comes the vulnerability. My listening friend, I think the analogy that he gave is a remarkable one. Can I, let me expand a little bit on it, and then I'm going to hand the baton back to you, uh, Dr. Glenn. But uh, the the two different people you talked about, the the guy, or it could be the lady that leaves the house angry, 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 and then they come into the church, and they, as soon as the door opens, the car, they put on this fake expression, and then they uh, illustrate godliness to the best of their ability, although it's fake because they didn't really have that attitude going in. And then you have the other person that has that attitude, and they keep that attitude going in, but when they, they're sitting there in the presence of God, they go, God, you know, I, I, I am in error, and I'm available for you to make an adjustment. Of the two people, uh, I can tell you, because I've observed it in the church environment, and perhaps I have been that person, that the, the spectators that know you, and they go, you know, that person is saying these nice things. You know, I actually heard them before they closed the car door, and I know where they're coming from on this. You know, there, there are certain things you go, they're faking it, and, and that carries more weight against God and godliness than anything you can imagine. You know, there are certain people that say, you know, never... When David called himself a worm in, in, in Psalms and things like that. He goes, I'm, I'm nothing. And his, his transparency and his vulnerability made other people gravitate saying, you know, I can identify with that person. Yeah, I kicked the dog and I said these bad words to my spouse or kids. And I, I'm wrong about that. But being vulnerable and transparent, to me, I'll go, when I, if I see something like that in a church environment, or if it happens to be the pastor, or the pastor's wife, or different parishioners, or different leadership, I go, I want to know the vulnerability of that person, and for them to say, you know, I was having a tough time, and I shouldn't have spoken that way to the person that cut me off on the freeway, or whatever it is, you go, I can identify with that. And that person is making themselves vulnerable to God and to others, and I can get alongside of that person, and it, it emboldens my faith, it strengthens my faith. Would you tend to agree with that? Because I, I see this in the church environment uh, all the time. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and I think when you look at the Psalms, Yes. The Psalms, he's saying, God, I'm mad. I'm angry here. (laughs) Uh, And there's a lot of that. And so I think part of worship is is worshiping God in the totality of our experience. That uh, we tend to, I think, sometimes make worship about us. Oh, yes. Uh, And, you know, praise is about what God has done for us. And so when he blesses us, we praise him when things aren't going well. You know, we don't. And when we're really worshiping God, it's it's giving him worth and value in all things. Oh, my. So even in the hard things of life, I'm still going to say you're of value. You're you're the most important thing. And and that's what we're we all struggle to. To do uh, 
is to to give him that honor in the midst of all Contrary, the yeah. experiences. Absolutely. You know, that reminds me of Psalm 4. It talks about, hear me when I cry, O God of my righteousness. And it says this. It's an interesting verse in Psalm 4. It says, you enlarged me when I was in distress. In other words, my distress was the key to me being more receptive to the things God has to give me. When I was in distress, you enlarged me. Sometimes we have to look at God and go, are you allowing me to go through distress so you can enlarge me and make me better? Oh, yes, of course. That's God's style sometimes. So my listening friend, here's the challenge. Sometimes when you're coming up against a challenging thing or a frustration, instead of hiding it and saying, no, I got this, say, God, you got this. And other people will be impacted by that because you're being real and vulnerable. And that declaration that you have just made is perhaps one of the most remarkable means of worshiping our creator. Would you concur with that, Dr. Glenn? Oh, yeah, because it's, when we worship on that level, yes, we're giving worth. You know, the term worship uh, or the term glorify means to, to, the word itself means that which is heavy. Mm. It's, you know, the word vain, to use the Lord's name in vain or vanity vanities is to refer to something that has no substance or weight. So the opposite of worship is treating God with as something of no value. Mm. And, you know, when we are acknowledging God and we're turning to God in the midst of all circumstances, what we're saying is he's of great value. He's the most important thing. And even in the midst of my pain, he's still the most important thing. Even in the midst of my pain, he's still the most important thing. Remarkable. That's exactly right. Forgive me for cutting in there. Oh, no, that's that's fine. Um, you know, that's what the psalmist says in Psalms 37, you know, delight uh, in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. My. That doesn't mean it's a blank check, <laughs> you know, but what he's saying is, listen, if your desire, if your delight is in the Lord, what's going to be your desire of your heart? Mm-hmm. It's not things. It's not circumstances. It's going to be God himself. Oh, my. Yes. So when I delight in him, that becomes my desire, and that's what he enjoys giving us. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So uh, if you're looking around, my listening friend, you're you're hearing about certain um, uh, colleges, one in Kansas and uh, other places, that God is showing himself mightily. And it's because of a transparency and a vulnerability of the people and all of a sudden, Holy Spirit breaks out, and you're seeing this happening in uh, in areas of Kansas, uh, a college there, and colleges in other areas as well. And it's been prophesied that this is really going to be a time, even in the most distressing times of mm-hmm. of, of government, uh, distressing times of uh, education, uh, any one of a number of different things, are challenges. But that could be just the key that causes us to be vulnerable to God and God intervening. We're going to talk a little bit more about that because it's tied to uh, a different perspective in worship that you and I have not considered much these days. And I I think we'll enjoy the insights of Dr. Glenn Damon as he talks about uh, worship from a different perspective. And my friend, I want you to buckle up because we're going to get into some things that are really timely for what God is doing here. And you say, but the times are so contrary. Oh, yes, they are. 
But really, that is the reason why God's intervention is going to be so impactful and so many people coming to the Lord. And you and I, my friend, get to play a big role in this. And we're going to have Dr. Glenn Damon help us understand how that might be true. Dr. Glenn Damon and Kaz, we will be right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. My name is Jim Garlow. Two things. First one negative, second one positive. Negatively, if we saw the condition of our nation, we would all be in prayer. Positively, if we could see what God could do with our nation, we'd all be in prayer. Now, back to Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise with Kaz Taylor. Hello. <laughs> Hello, my friends. I just had God in- inspire something in-, in me right now as we're talking about this stuff. We're talking about worship and praise. And the person that actually introduced this portion of the show is a guy named Jim Garlow. Jim Garlow is a friend. He lives in San Diego County, but he's all over the place. And he has a ministry called Well-Versed. Uh, wellversedworld.org and I was just looking up scripture about some things that are going on in a place called Ashbury, uh, Kentucky and Dr. Jim Garlow uh, was familiar with that college campus and he has been there observing the things that are going on and I'll tell you something, there's a a major awakening going on there. Have you uh, delved into this at all, Dr. Glenn? Yeah, I've been following that, and, uh, you know, it's exciting to see. Uh, you know, we get discouraged, and we think sometimes God's lost control a little bit, yeah. and especially as I get older. Uh, you know, I start looking at younger people, and we see the younger age and all the issues there, and we start thinking, well, who's going to be the next pastor? Who's, you know, going to rise up? Sure. God says, I got that. What are you worried about? <laughs> exactly. Uh, Exactly. You know, but the one thing I, you know, I, I've, as I've been watching that, the one thing that I notice is that people are talking about is an overwhelming awareness of the holiness of God. Oh, absolutely. And and I think that one of the marks you look down all down through history from biblical history, whenever God is moving, um, it's not the love of God that is the the overwhelming thing, although that's part of it. But it's that holiness of God becomes so much more evident. Oh yes, and 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 I think that's that's what we see in Scripture is the holiness of God is that one attribute that binds all of His nature together. Um, you know that you know you look in Isaiah uh, six where He says, you know, holy, holy, holy. This anthem of praise is going on in heaven of the holiness of God. We see it in the Book of Revelation. And and I love that phrase that it uses there in Isaiah where it says, holy, holy, holy. Because in Hebrew, if you wanted to emphasize something, you just repeated it uh-huh. twice. So, you know, it's, you would say it's a good, good day or it's a day, day. Uh, but by repeating it three times and it's only found there, yes. it's as if God's saying, my holiness is beyond the ability of your human language to oh convey. Is that true? Wow, wow, wow. And, and so what a great, you know, I look at what's going on there and you think, God is still working. He's going to raise up another generation. He's doing it with these young people. Uh, and they're going to go out and they're going to be on fire for the Lord and 
they're going to make a difference in their generation, and that's exciting. Oh, it's very exciting. You know, I, I, as I'm tracking that, the the actual inception of this happened during a traditional little worship time that you, they probably did in the mornings anyway, but something happened there that uh, a person came up, uh, a young man came up, and he confessed his shortcomings, and he declared it in front of a whole group of people. He's, he made himself vulnerable, and it's just kind of like the guy you know, who said, yeah, I, I kicked the dog, and I had fall out with my spouse and things like that. Uh, and I don't, not happy with myself, but here I am. Deal with me, God. And this is exactly what happened in Asbury, uh, Kentucky. This young college age man got up in front of everybody else and he said, you know what? And he confessed some of his shortcomings and he made himself vulnerable. And then they began to worship and Holy Spirit just invaded the worship and there is a major movement going on in that, and I suspect this will show itself in other college campuses, not only college, uh, Christian college campuses, but the whole uh, educational community, I believe. And so uh, this, is, this is a remarkable thing, Dr. Glenn, and, and, and it's based on what you and I talked about in the previous segment. And, um, and so you want to talk just a little bit about that? And I want to give a little bit of further insights, what I'm finding out about that, because um, this was in a, in a, it was basically in a rural kind of environment, not in a high mega church kind of environment as well. I'm going to hand the baton to you, uh, Dr. Glenn Damon. Well, God uses the most unlikely people to accomplish His things. Yes, and uh, you know, and I and I, I'm just excited about what I see there. And I'm not, I don't know a lot, just because, uh, you know, I'm not. It's kind of outside of my world but but i've been reading what i've seen on the, the the news and and you know and i'm thinking you know we get so depressed because we see the world collapsing around us morally and you know god has still got his plan and he's going to raise up uh the next generation he's going to raise up people and he will always have his seven thousand <laughs> that have not bowed yes yes fail that's good and uh, I'm excited about seeing what God's going to be doing there because that's just, I don't know, I'm thrilled. I'd like to hear more of your perspective on it. Well, one of the things that really struck me is I'm paying close attention to that, but I'm, you know, that that is a, I would say, a um, conservative church environment that is not a charismatic, it was to be farthest thing from a charismatic or Pentecostal environment. It basically is going the other direction. It's a it's a conservative church environment, but it's not it's not Pentecostal by any means. So uh, to me, I have to smile because sometimes uh, people that are in the Pentecostal flavor go, how about, how about we need to, and all of a sudden, you know, and it's wiggles and, and squiggles and jumping up and down kind of a thing. And there's a place for that, but there's also a place for the conservative, vulnerable transparency. Mm-hmm. And th- th- this actually launched out in an environment that was far from a Pentecostal environment. And I, I, I was been tracking this, and the guy named Dutch Sheets, who would kind of flavor a little bit more on the Pentecostal side, but he's a very down-to-earth, between-the-eyes kind of a guy. And he made a prophecy uh, about this happening. And these people in Asbury, 
Kentucky said, you know, Dutch Sheets proclaimed this, and I think this is it. <laughs> and I had to laugh because this Dutch Sheets was not necessarily of this this kind of conservative uh, demographic like that but nonetheless people were listening and all of a sudden they're seeing what's happening this is that and all of a sudden god's moving and i i'm i'm smiling because i pay attention to another uh, a, a television broadcast on tuesdays and thursdays called flashpoint uh, but it, that is very, very Pentecostal. <laughs> but the guy, but the guys there are saying, and Lance Wallnow, some of you may not uh, appreciate him and some may, but he made an interesting observation. He said, it's interesting, like uh, Azusa Street and some of the things that were going on in Pensacola and things like that were driven by the, uh, uh, ca- the charismatic and the, the, uh, baptism of the holy spirit blah, 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 kind of kind of people and this conversely is coming from the different kind of environment and i think god's smiling and saying you're all my people you're all my That's people right. and so i i have to laugh right. when i see this kind of thing happening because you know people of the pentecostal persuasion thinks you know it has to begin with us because we're holy spirit baptized and all of a sudden the holy spirit endued the power of this young asbury kentucky student and Holy Spirit broke out, and worship and praise beyond imagination has been going on. I don't. I, do you have uh, uh, an idea about the length of time? But it's a week or weeks already. Is that right? Yeah, it's been going on for a week and a half. I think ten days, twelve days. <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that you've made a good point that you know we tend to put God in our theological box, <laughs> and uh, you know God is true to His character. And he's true to his word. He will never go against his character. He'll never go against his word. But none of us, none of us have a complete handle on what that, what he really is. Yes. And, and, And I think one of the reasons God gives different varieties, if you would, of theological backgrounds is it serves to keep us in balance. Oh, that's so good. And, uh, you know, that, that, you know, for, and I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm kind of the opposite end of, uh, side of the spectrum of the charismatic yes. movement, but you know, there's an element I need to learn from them to say, you know, God can move sometimes in ways that goes beyond my rational thinking. Yes. And, uh, you know, and, and conversely, there are times they need to hear me saying, you know, let's not get caught up in just pure emotion. Oh, absolutely. That is so wise. That's so right on. We've and, got about a minute. We, we we're out of time on this segment, but we've got one more segment. I, uh, what I would like to do at the end of the, this show is tie everything together, but we've opened a, a, a remarkable treasure chest right here. And you and I, let's pay that off in the last segment, talk a little bit more about this. But I think you hit on to the exact truth, I think, that God wants us to deal with. You know, there are different parts of the body of Christ. And if we disregard the other portions of the body of Christ, we're missing the mark. And the thing that's going on right now in Asbury, Kentucky, is a reminder of how God is going to bring the entire body of Christ together. So would you mind uh, spending some time with me in the last segment, tying this all together, Dr. Glenn Damon? I think we've opened a treasure chest, and we're going to dig deeply into it in the last segment. My listening friend, you do not want to go away, because we will be (laughs) right back. This is Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. More Come Together San Diego is just moments away. 
Now, more of Come Together San Diego, the live local show on K-Praise. Here's Kaz Taylor. You know, I tell my co-hosts that... uh we pay less and less attention to the scripting that I put together in advance. And I say, we listen to the Holy, listen to the Holy Spirit and we go the direction the Holy Spirit directs us to go. <laughs> and, and this show is exactly that, isn't it? My, my, my co-host and friend, Dr. Glenn Damon, ex- exactly what has happened here, isn't it? It has. I mean, God's, God works. And he moves, and that's uh, that's what excites me. Yes, yes, yes. So we're talking about the uh, rural insights and, and kind of grass-level insights, and we started talking about uh, worship and praise, but it, it transitioned into what's going on in worship and praise that actually drove this Ashbury, Kentucky uh, outreach at this Christian college there, and it looks like it's seeding and happening in other areas as well. And this is God's really, really God's heart cry. And um, we, we, we were talking about the topic of, of worship, but also we talked in previous segments about the guy who kicks the dog, curses at the wife as he's driving to church. And as soon as he opens the door to the going into the church, he, he, his uh, exterior changes, but he's still angry versus the guy who does all that. But he goes into church and he has the same attitude, but he confesses that and God intervenes. <laughs> so the, we, we, the sa- stage was actually set here, uh, Dr. Glenn, uh, for for what's happening right now. We had no clue about that, and here we are. And worship is really an intimate key to that relationship because God in, invades, or you know, he inhabits the praises of his people. Handing the baton to you, Dr. Glenn Damon. Yeah, well, we were talking about, you know, how God uses different denominations, different yep. theological perspectives that are within the realm of what I would call Orthodox Christianity. Yes. You know, and, and you know, we affirm the same Bible. Uh, sometimes we struggle to try to understand it. And I'm just reminded of what Isaiah 55 says, you know, when he says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. You know, as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. And I think there's always a danger in theology, uh, and that is the danger of what I call theological pride, that we start thinking that my understanding of every nuance of theology is right, and anybody who disagrees with me is wrong. And I think when we see God in his totality of his character, and that's to me what it goes back to, is seeing God in the totality of all his nature— and recognizing that, you know, he's so much bigger that he does things that we don't understand yes. and doesn't fit our little box. It fits his box, and it fits his word. It will never contradict that. But uh, there's not a single one of us that has every dot and uh, I dotted yes. and T crossed That's right. perfectly. And so we can we can recognize that God's work in multiplicity of ways. Oh, I know. And if the glory is going to him, that's the key. Oh, my. You know, that if it's it's going to a person, then we know it's not from God. That's right. It's going, you know, and that's what I love, like, this, this what's happening in Osbury. It's not, this wasn't, you know, some guy who's led this in a big revival. No, the opposite. It just happened. You know, it's not, and this is what you see in history when God breaks forth in revival, it's oftentimes there's no one person that's 
ahead of it. It's it's a spontaneous act of he's just working in the hearts of his church. That's right. Wouldn't you say? And, and the moment somebody starts to take credit for it or desi- designs around it, uh, the Holy Spirit goes, uh, "I'm leaving." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and that's really a sad thing. You know, there's a scripture that comes to mind, and sometimes God gives me nuances in scripture that uh, other people don't see. Or you might say, you know, you're stretching scripture a little bit. Mm, you weigh and pray this, but I'm going to share this with you in in John chapter four. Uh, it talks about God is spirit, and those who will worship him will worship him in spirit and in truth. That's a commanding verse, and uh, there are different nuances. Here's one of the points of view that I have taken from that, and I want your insight on that as well. Those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. There's two facets of worship there, and what's going on right now in uh, Asbury, uh, Kentucky, those are, those are you know, uh, if I were to say a conservative Christian that's in a, in a congregational mentality and things like that, they're really truth-based. They're digging in the Word, and here's what the truth says. Okay, and so that's one component, but also the spirit aspect of the worship in the spirit and truth. One analogy to that would be the spirit, those who claim spirit baptism and the speaking in the tongues and the declarations and things like that. Those are two facets of the, uh, of the truth that God says we must worship the Father in spirit and in truth collectively together. And when you put the Pentecostally uh, charismatic people together with the the uh, conservative, um, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Baptists and Methodists and all the other different uh, um, categories. When you put them together and we have that same humility, all of a sudden, you know, you, my friend, Dr. Glenn Damon, have a point of view that I, I just aspired, was inspired by. And, uh, you know, we may have, you know, we may go to different churches, but none, nonetheless, if you and I have that horizontal intimate relationship with one another, because we both have that intimate relationship with the Lord, God goes, okay, I'm going to entwine these guys together. And world, you ain't seen nothing yet. I'm handing yeah, the ball yeah. back to you there, sir. Oh, yeah. You know, the... Uh the moment we put God in a little box, he has a way to say, I'm outside of that. Yes. And and I think that's true theologically. Yes. Now, I'm a firm believer in theology. Don't ever get me wrong to say I'm minimizing theology. Uh, I've devoted my life to study, you know, solid theology. But I recognize no one person has a full handle on all the truth. And would you say and no one denomination either? Oh, and no. Absolutely. And, and so. And, and that's the beauty of the body of Christ, that, uh, you know, that we balance each other. And, and, and I think also it helps us to avoid extremes. <laughs> that's good. Uh, you know, because where the errors are, errors creep into the church in the, the realm of the extremes, right? Absolutely. Um, Imbalance. Yeah, and so the further I get, and, and let's just use the analogy of Arminian Calvinism versus free will. The further I go in a Calvinistic position to the point where it's fatalism, I'm in error, right? If I go to Arminian position to the point where there is no longer any stability or security, you know, I could lose my salvation every by thinking a wrong thought every second, there's, but by bringing the debate, we don't know where the middle is. But by bringing the debate to the table, it keeps us both drawn towards the center Ooh, that's rather so good. than the extreme. And and I think the danger is any time in our theology when we start to 
no longer dialogue, um, then we start moving the directions to the extreme, and that's where error creeps in. Oh, that is so good. You know, the words of wisdom that are just coming from your very own personal lips <laughs> are, are, are awesome. Uh, we have just a little bit of time left, enough time for you to give website information one more time. And my friend, let me remind you of this book. I mean, the, the book is absolutely remarkable. It's called The Lighthouse. It's called The Lighthouse, uh, Discovering Security in the Radiance of God's Character. And it's uh, published under Jones Literary Publishing. And uh, where do people find this book again, Doctor? Uh Probably the easiest place is on Amazon or uh, any of their major outlets, uh, book outlets, if you go, and they should have it available. Um, then also you can go onto my website, uh, theattributesofgod.net, mm-hmm. all lowercase, one one word. And there's a daily devotional. It's, the book is also listed there uh, in terms of where you can buy it yes. uh, and things. But, you know, I will say this. There is one book that I would recommend even above this book. <laughs> yes. It's a book that I've stole all the ideas from. <laughs> <laughs> And and I plagiarized this book without apology. Yes. And uh, so, you know, the most important book is, is delving into the Scripture, because that's yes. God's autobiography. Exactly, exactly. So, so, my listening friend, it's time for us to go, but I can't tell you how excited I have been uh, through this entire two hours, Dr. Glenn Damon. I knew, um, you know, we may have danced in different denominations, but I also knew when I talked to him, I said, there's some common denominators that are going to come out of this that are going to be pivotal to going on with Christ. So my listening friend, no matter which godly biblical denomination, you know, I I said godly denomination, godly biblical denomination, because there are denominations out there that are not. But if you're in a godly biblical denomination, get together, cohabitate with people of maybe a little different denomination and grow and let them cause you to grow as well. My listening friend, because God has a church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And so Dr. Glenn, Damon, and Kaz say, pay attention to God's word, embrace it, embrace one another. Uh, And so I'm going to have to say goodbye. So Dr. Uh, Glenn, Damon, thank you for joining me. It has been a remarkable, remarkable two hours. I've had a great time. (laughs) And, uh, Oh, my friend. every minute of it. It's a pleasure. My listening friends, it's time for us to go. Dr. Glenn Damon, uh, the book, The Lighthouse, and uh, Kaz Taylor, come together, San Diego. We wish you adieu, but see you again next week, Dr. Damon. God bless you, sir. God bless you, my friends. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining Kaz Taylor and his many friends, including you, for Come Together San Diego. Join us again next week as we explore what unity in the body of Christ sounds like within this county and beyond on Come Together San Diego. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor, tell a co-worker, and then let's all come together San Diego next Saturday from 5 to 7 p.m. on Praise. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.